Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Happy Father's Day to all of the fathers. We're so thankful for our fathers. Um, Today is week three, week four of Voices, and we have uh, a father that's going to come and share with us, uh, Pastor John Leggett from Compassion Church in Wichita Falls. He is Austin Leggett. He's not. Oh, he's right there. Austin Leggett's father. Um, he's going to come and share. And, and, and Pastor, Pastor John is on, the, is on a team. Uh, so we're under a network called Compassion Church Network. And he meets with Pastor Steve and all the other pastors in our region every week, uh, multiple times a week sometimes. And they talk and they sermon plan and they co- and get content and just care, care for each other. And we're so thankful that, um, that Pastor Steve has camaraderie in you and in the team. And so can we honor Pastor John as he comes to share this morning? Good morning. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? To all of the dads, I would like to say happy Father's Day. Dads, can I tell you today, your role is so much more important than you can ever imagine, especially in the society that we're living in today. Amen. Do you know that? It is joy to be here today. Glad to be at Passion Church. I want to honor your pastor. You've got a great pastor. He's your spiritual father, and you need to honor him today. So just give Pastor Steve a hand. Amen. Let me tell you how persuasive he is. I have been on sabbatical. I'm supposed to be on sabbatical today. And somehow that sucker got me here today to preach for you guys. And that's all right. It's a joy. It's an honor. I've, in fact, I'm, I'm just glad to be here today. We almost died last week. We did. Okay, we didn't almost die, but I'm stretching a little bit. We just got back from being in the mountains of Tennessee. And uh, amen. Somebody's from Tennessee here. Amen. I'm glad you left it. And uh, just play. We, uh, as we're traveling, we stayed in the cabin up in the mountains. And this mount, this cabin we stayed in, we saw the reviews. One lady literally got there and turned around and left, wouldn't stay because of the road up to the cabin. And sure enough, we got to that road. And it literally was one road, mounts in here nothing here eternity on this side and when I mean eternity I mean eternity because if we'd have fallen we'd have died and I and I just need to right now in front of a bunch of Christians and believers just y'all stand in agreement with my forget for my forgiveness amen because I sinned I did I, I, I sinned because I doubted God I sinned because my wife about four or five my wife would go be careful stay over here stay over here stay over here and I would go shut up shut up shut up because I'm very afraid of heights deathly afraid of heights and uh, it was a scary week and then we got up to the first day we get there my wife calls me she said come here so I run out to the back porch and there's a bear in our backyard I don't mean a teddy bear 
I don't mean a koala bear. I mean a big black bear that was huge. And Laurie's excited about it. I'm like, shut the door, go inside. And I send some more because I doubted God for the rest of the week. I wouldn't let her leave towels outside because I have a tendency, I smell good. And I was afraid it would draw the bear in. So I wouldn't leave any towels outside. We would leave no food outside. And at nighttime, I would actually put a chair under the doorknob just in case the bear decided he wanted to hang out. So we survived. We almost died last week, but we made it. But it's so good to be here with you guys today. And I always enjoy being here and seeing people that I know and get to hang out with. Can, can I tell you a story today? There was a father, uh, he was in a uh, place in South Carolina. Him and his wife had gone shopping. And they happened to come across a store that they had been years earlier. It was a toy store. As they come to this toy store, the father begins to reminisce because 15 years earlier, this father had come there and brought his son. It was the grand opening of this toy store where they built little cars that day they would have a famous car designer by the name of Chip Foose there and that's really why the father went while they were there the little boy wanted a car got to meet the designer we looked around the store but well 15 years early that father well they didn't have a lot of money they got to meet the designer but they didn't buy the car so 15 years later, as the father walks in the store and he's reminiscing, the good turns a little sad. The father remembers how back then he was unable to buy that little boy a car. He begins to remember the look on the, the boy's face as they walked out of the store. At that moment, the father pulls out his phone and he takes a picture of the toy cars on the wall and he sends a text to his son. He said, I feel bad. Mom and dad couldn't buy you one of these as a kid. Which one do you want now? The son texts back, um, ha ha dad, don't worry about it, don't buy me one. The father texts back to his son, he said, no, no, we, mom and dad, we feel bad. We're going to buy you one. The father would get back a response that would totally touch him, would impact him, and would let him know that he had raised his boy right. The boy takes back and he said, Dad, I remember meeting the designer more than I do not getting the toy. And for a preacher, I want to tell you today, that's a profound statement. That in our life, it is more important that we meet the designer, we know the designer, we love the designer, that we know the creator and not worry so much about the creations or the designs. I, I want to read a passage to you today. It's out of Mark. As you look at Mark, Chapter 5, verse 21, it says this. 
When Jesus had come, had again crossed over by the boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Remember that. Jesus does respond immediately. And listen to what he says. Please come and put your hands on her that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she had grown worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And Lord, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. Let not one, not one, leave this house without receiving what you have promised them today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Let me share this story with you real quick today. A man by the name of Jairus, he's a synagogue leader. He comes to Jesus and says that my 12-year-old daughter, my only child, is on her deathbed. At the moment we read with me that automatically Jesus goes with Jairus and, and begins to, well, head toward his house to heal his daughter. But on the way, as Jesus is walking there, all of a sudden, a woman who had had an issue with blood for, and I don't want you to remember this, 12 years, comes up behind Jesus and touches his cloak. At that moment, Jesus feels power that comes out of him and turns around and says, who touched me? Now imagine the disciples, they're there and Jesus, what do you mean? There, you're, there, there's people crowded all around you. But more than probably what the disciples were saying, think about Jairus. Okay, it's okay, Jesus. Someone touched you. No big deal. Let's go. But Jesus stops and he's looking around and he's trying to find who had touched him and taken the power out of him to be healed. That brief second turn into more seconds and maybe a minute and more than a few minutes and Jairus is standing there probably thinking to himself we, we've got to go we've got to go my daughter is dying my daughter needs you and Jesus almost seeming like he doesn't care unmindful of what Jairus has just told him again is trying to find this woman. Finally, the woman says, I'm the one who touched you. And he said, your faith has healed you. Go, you're free. 
After the words are spoken about that time, someone from the household of Jairus comes and says to Jairus, leave the rabbi alone. It's too late. She's dead. I can imagine what was going through that father's mind. I I can imagine the pain and the anguish, maybe even the frustration. Jesus, if you would have just come on, if you would have just hurried, if, if you would have just not worried about her, she's older. My daughter's younger. She's 12 years old. She, she deserved to be healed, but, but you had to stay back here, and now she's dead. But Jesus at that moment turns to Jairus and says, don't be afraid. Do you believe? Don't be afraid. At that moment, they leave and go to the house of Jairus. Today, if you don't mind, I want to share three things from this story that I want you to apply to your life. In fact, I tell you what, what if we could go back in time? Maybe now Jairus's daughter is 20, I don't know, 25 years old. And we can get in a, a time machine. Andrew would have to bow down a little bit to get in there. But if we could get in a time machine, go back in time and go and talk to Jairus's daughter and say, what did you learn from that day? What sticks out in your mind? Just like the father who got the text back from his son, Dad, I care more about meeting the designer than I do about that toy. What if we could do the same thing, go back, talk to Jairus's daughter and say, what did you learn from that moment? What stuck out in your life? And Three, three things I want to share with you. Number one, write this down. Trust Jesus between your ask and his answer. Trust Jesus between your ask and his answer. Can I, can I share something with you today? Maybe just maybe Jairus' daughter would say this. I learned from my father that day from the story that's been told maybe a, a hundred times by miracle daughter. We all talk about our kids and how wonderful they are, and I just want to go and say it now. I've got three of them. They're way better than your kids. It's just true. I do want to say it's great today to actually, for Father's Day, would be, be with all three of my kids, Austin, Abigail, and Avery. It's great to be here, and I'm glad they're with their dad. That's the greatest Father's Day gift of all times. Amen. Can you imagine, though, how many, because when our kids do something, they win some award. They got fourth place, and we brag about it forever. They didn't, you know, get on base, but at least they didn't look so bad when they struck out and we brag about it. But can you imagine Jairus wherever he went? Here's my daughter. She's a miracle girl. <laughs> Everywhere they go, they bragged about Jairus' daughter. See, I think Jairus would say, Jairus' daughter would say this. God is the God of the betweens. That from the moment that Jairus asked for God to come with him, for Jesus to come to his house, to the moment that he got there, can I tell you, that between felt like an eternity. Is God ever going to do it? Is he ever going to make it happen? What's going to transpire in our life? I can only imagine what he's going through. But can I tell you, if you look in the story, Jesus never left Jairus. 
Although he's there with a woman and he's talking to her and saying, you're healed. In fact, can I say this real quick? At that moment, it became a teaching moment for Jairus that if I can heal this woman, I can heal your little girl. See, instead of Jairus seeing that, what Jairus is saying is that you've got to come, you've got to come. Jesus is like, I've got enough miracle for us all. Can I say that to you today? That Jesus has enough of miracle for us all. Jesus doesn't look at one of you and say, I'm sorry, I'm going to give you some, but I'm not going to give you some. God loves you. Listen, I love my three kids. And I all, contrary to what they believe, I love them all the same. One thinks they're the, the, the favorite, but they're not. They're all, I love them all the same. And when you have kids, you realize that you love them all the same. You don't like them all the time all the same. Amen? But you love them all the same. Jesus loves us all the same. He's like, I'm not going to heal this woman, but then I'm not willing to heal your daughter. At that moment, we've got to learn at the betweens in our life that Jesus is right there with us. That you listen, remember it said that when Jesus or Jesus was asked by Jairus to go, it said, So Jesus went. Let me say this to you. At the moment that you ask God to do something in your life, he responds. Maybe not the way you want him to respond. Maybe not in the time frame that you want him to respond. Maybe in a different way than you thought he would respond. But Jesus does respond. And his response is yes, no, or not right now. See, I believe the daughter of Jairus would say to us today, you need to know that he is the God of the betweens. That he will always be there. That from the moment you ask to the moment that the miracle happens, the moment you ask to the answer comes, that he wants you to know that he's right there with you. That he's working on the problem. He's taking care of the situation. He's in the between with you, holding your hand, holding up against you, against his life and against his love and against his purpose. He wants you to know he's there. I've got to hurry. Number two, write this down. What would Jairus' daughter say to us? Know Jesus' delays are not his denials. Know that Jesus' delays are not his denials. I'm sure as Jairus is standing there and the, the woman and he's trying to have the conversation and who touched my cloak and I'm sure Jairus probably didn't say it out loud. He didn't speak the words, but I bet you at that moment he's probably saying, who cares? We've all been there. How many times you've been to the altar getting prayed for and the pastor spends more time on someone else and you got a healing that you need or answer to a problem you've got to have or there's a financial thing or there's a problem with your marriage or God needs to fix your spouse. I don't know what it is. And you're like, God, would you just leave? Leave Jess alone. Just come on, God. You can't fix her. Just move on to me. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Lord, I, I, I know you're spending time with Michelle, but you've answered her prayers in the past. It's my turn. See, God's, let, let me say, God's delays are not his denials. It's God's delays are times to develop you. Develop what? Trust. Faith. 
See, in those moments, what Jesus was teaching Jairus was, do you trust me? Well, Lord, I came to you. Yeah, but do you trust me even when you don't see the answer? Do you trust me even when it seems impossible? See, God's delays, in fact, let me say this. It is not really delays in God's eyes. It's destiny. It may be delays to you. Abraham may have felt like 25 years was a delay, but it wasn't a delay. It was a destiny. It was a destination. It was a moment of development that God was using what he thought was a delay. It wasn't a delay. It was a moment that God could create, that God could build up, that God could strengthen the faith, the trust, and who God is. In fact, can I tell you, you don't want to speed up those moments. I've, I've been there when I, I didn't quite understand. I, I never years ago in the, in the darkest moment of my life when I thought my life was over, I didn't know what God was going to do or how God could use me or, or how anything could ever get better. I, I'll never forget sitting in, the, in a car by myself crying out to God. and All of a sudden, I heard in my spirit, not in an audible voice, but in my spirit, I heard God say, your latter days will be far greater than your former days. It's funny how we can argue with God because I started arguing with God and I said, God, you must have got in the wrong car. There was someone else in the parking lot that I just left that you were supposed to talk to them. But for me, it's over. It won't work. And again, I heard in my spirit God say, your latter days will be far greater than your former days. And I was on my way to see a pastor, a friend of mine, asked Pastor Steve Perdue. And when I pulled up to his church, written across his marquee sign says, your latter days will be far greater than your former days. There's your sign. That's just how stupid I am sometimes that God has to actually give me a sign. See, I knew at that moment that although what I was going through was rough, God was developing me. I knew at that moment that the, at the in-between, I knew that what God was doing is God was preparing me. See, for some of you, sometimes the longer the delay is, the greater that God has a plan for your life. Amen. Number three. Jesus wants you to see the possibilities in the middle of your problems. Jesus wants you to see the possibility in the middle of your problems. I can see the fear inside of Jairus, the worry. Just recently, our daughter Abigail blew a tire, which she does a lot. We have Goodyear's personal number. A discount tire knows us by first name. Her mom's on the phone with her. They're FaceTiming, which probably was the problem. You shouldn't be FaceTiming driving in a car. All of a sudden, she tells us, something's wrong. I think something's wrong with my tire. We have to, she pulls over and she's on the turnpike and can I be honest with you? Mom and dad were freaking out. 
We're trying not to, but you've got our, our, our little girl on the side of a highway with a tire and her and her mom are kind of fussing. Laura's like, get off the road and get back in the car. And Laura, Laura, Abigail's like, you can't be in the car. They say that's dangerous. See, that's the problem. She knows exactly what you do when you break down on the side of the road. I'm trying to stay calm. Mom's trying to stay calm. But all we could see was the problem. Our daughter's on the side of the road with a busted tire. We don't know if she's in danger. We don't know if some person will pull by that's not a good person. And at that between moment, between that problem and the possibilities, we were scared. See, at that moment, Jairus is struggling. He's afraid. And we all get it. We've all been at the between moments. We've, we've all been at a time of delay. Is God going to say yes or no? Is God going to come through? Is he going to heal my body? Is he going to give me the financial blessing? Is he going to touch and restore my marriage? I think for Jairus at this moment he doesn't understand what God's doing see remember the girl's 12 years old the woman had an issue of blood for 12 years not many times is he when Jesus refers to someone as daughter but he refers to this woman as daughter knowing that there's a father waiting to have a daughter healed if the father for one moment looked around he would have realized that he was in the middle of God doing something. For some of you, you're in the middle of the between, the delay, the problem. If you would stop for a moment, step back and look around, I promise you, you will see the hand of God at work. He's there. He's always been there. He's never going to leave you, nor forsake you. See, I think Jairus' daughter would say to us today, I learned from the story of my father that my God will always be there, that my God will meet my needs, that my God is for me, and if so, who, who could ever be against me? That story of the father and the son. That was me and Austin Leggett. Just recently happened. When me and Laura walked in that, that store that day, she'll tell you I got a little sad. I felt a little bad. We were broke poor back then. We could barely, I, I, we probably had a dollar left when we got back from the trip. We were, we were Paul. We couldn't put an R on the end. And still 15 years later,
for some reason, it bothered me. But see, at that moment, I realized that I'd raised a pretty good boy. That he didn't know when he said the words what he was really saying to his dad. Because when he said, I cared more about meeting the man, the designer, more about meeting the creator than the creation, his dad warmed up and I just smiled. It doesn't matter whether I gave my son toys that would break and he would forget about. He remembered the man. Fathers and mothers, can I tell you today, it's not about you giving gifts or giving in or doing what your kids want. It's about making sure that your children get to the creator, to the designer. See, Jairus' daughter would say to us, all it was about was my dad getting to the miracle worker, to the Savior. And then my Savior would do the rest. My creator, my designer, he would take care of everything else. For you who are in the between, in a moment of delay, and all you see is the problems, I want you to hear me. There is an answer coming. God is developing you. And the possibilities are so greater than the problems that you're looking at right now. This, I promise you, would you stand with me? I just feel like I need to say this. Some of you in your life went through some pretty big betweens. And you survived. And you've made it to the other side. It's your job to tell the story. If you've made it through some big Betweens and delays. I want you to raise your hand. Yeah. I'm raising my hand with you. Let me say, if you're there now, God ain't done with you yet. The best is still yet to come. God's got plans and possibilities that are greater than you could ever imagine. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. If you're in the between right now, the delay, the problem, and you need a miracle from God, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. And God, I pray today for a miracle in their life. Lord, they've, they've asked. They're waiting for the answer. And I pray today, Lord, that in the in the between they would trust and have faith that God even in this delay you're going to get them to their destiny the problem is not bigger than the possibilities the problem is not bigger than the potential yes Lord touch them right now I pray for a miracle a 
miracle in their life. Thank you, Lord. I proclaim healing. I proclaim, Lord, right now, blessings. I speak over this church today, Lord, for those that are raising their hand. I'm praying for answers. The Lord, even for those who don't get the answers they wanted, God, it is the answer that is best for them. I speak it right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question, I'll let you go. I know Drew's already asked this, but I made a promise to my God 28 years ago when I got into ministry that I would never preach without giving a salvation invitation. And I'm not going to break that promise today. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you would say, Pastor, if I were to die right now, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell, that today's the day of salvation. He loves you. It is so simple. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day, and lives forevermore. And simply by your mouth, confessing he is the Lord of your life, you shall be saved. If that is you today, no one's looking, just you, me, and the Lord, and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, then I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Amen. Is anybody else? I've had two raise their hand. Give God praise for that. Hallelujah. Can all of you do me a favor? Not just the two that raise their hand, but so that they know they're not alone, that they're part, they're joining a family. Would all of you say this prayer with me? Say it loud as two new names are being written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Will you do that with me? Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Will you give God praise today? Amen. 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 Can we thank Pastor John for coming to share this morning? Thank you. Thank you. You guys can be. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.